0: Hello and welcome to the Dear Sparrows podcast. Pretty excited about today's episode because this is something that's been on my heart for a while now. Um, I talk about it a little bit in my book, but I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth and talk about it on the podcast. So today's topic is about Ruth and talking about her story and her journey because I think so often um, women today could actually relate to her more than they realize, but before we happen to that. Of course, I have to share something funny, right? Because I always have to share something funny. So this past year, I had um, the beautiful honor of teaching sixth grade uh, history class, which I loved with all of my heart and soul. They are so much fun. Next year, I'll be doing English for sixth grade, which will be fun. But for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a school teacher, but I think you figured that out by that comment. Anyway, Um, so something I really wanted to work with the kids was their empathy because they're at such a pivotal age where they can either really grow up to be jerks or they can start to have some empathy in their lives for things. And so I really wanted to hone in on some of those personality traits and try and encourage it a bit, um, through the method of having them look at historical events and write about it as if they were one of the people in the event. So they had these things called adventure journals. And if you're wondering, yes, it did come from the Up movie when she has her things I'm going to do journal, because I just thought that was so cute. Um, and they would write as if they were a person on Titanic or a person who was a colonist or something like that. Well, anyway, I don't remember how or when or why, but the kids were also excessively obsessed with Oreos. Now don't get me wrong oreo cereal that's where it's at homegirl loves some oreos i mean i could i'm not going to turn it down so anyway everybody in the school then kind of knew miss Hendrix's class was the oreo class and the kids were obsessed with oreos so somewhere along the way we found out oreos were invented in 1912 so we get to the point in history where we're learning about the titanic and I want the kids, you know, they, they have this big project that they need to pretend or visualize. You know, cl- go in a room, close their eyes, think about what it would be like to be a normal passenger on the Titanic. Not one of the people who started Macy's, that couple. Not John Jacob Astor IV. Regular Joe. Regular Jack is what we're going to go with. But not that kind of story. I didn't want that written from a sixth grader but anyway um so i get all the different stories then of course and one boys i just ended up saving it because it just delighted my soul (laughs) but he wrote about how his character comes aboard the titanic with an entire giant luggage thing full of oreos then the. Ship is sinking, and he fights to save his Oreos. But then he realizes he's dying on the ship. So his last dying wish is to consume as many Oreos as possible, and then he dies. And so I have this turned in, and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I laugh? Do I cry? Do I cringe? What do I do? I I ask him. I'm like, so sweetie, um, what this is? This is really what you wanted to write about? And he was like. Well, you did say Oreos were invented in 1912, so obviously they could have had Oreos on the ship. Can't deny his logic. So anyway, that's your little story for the day. It was cute, and I saved it because I enjoyed it. But anyway, today we're going to talk about Ruth. So I love the story of Ruth. Ruth is only um, four chapters total for her book in the Bible, and it's actually a pretty small um, book overall. And I think... Unfortunately, she is one of the characters in the Bible that actually gets overlooked way more often than she should because she was such an incredible woman after God's heart. And people often forget her courageous story. So we, we started off with her story, and, and I'm going to kind of take this over the next couple of weeks um, with her story because I don't I don't want to mute her story, and I don't want to shorten it at all. I want to go in depth, going through her story, going through that journey, looking at it, and diving into it piece by piece. So for the next four podcasts, it will be about Ruth, um, but I think that that's going to be fun, and I think everybody is going to enjoy that overall. I hope you will. I really do, because I I find a lot of um, meaning and significance in it. So I'm going to start off on Ruth 1, and we'll end with Ruth 4, but we're going to go in it. So it starts off Ruth 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Amimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malan and Kilian. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Ameliak died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah and the other a woman named Ruth. About 10 years later, both Malin and Killian died, leaving Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. So we start off our story, once upon a time, we have Ruth um, is a Moabite woman. So she is technically, and, and this, is a, this is a bigger deal than it is now in this time period, but she's a foreigner. And so she's married into this family and we don't know if she believes in God, where she is on that. We don't know if she came to faith after her marriage, but she does become part of Naomi's family. And so we continue on with the story, but but looking at that foundation that she married into this family and that commitment is going to set the stage for things later in her life. So let's keep going. So Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So remember famine, they don't have walmart they don't have target they don't have places that you can go when there's like the pantry's empty so people are going to go where there's wealth and there's crops so naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave moab and return to her homeland with her two daughters-in-law she set out from the place where she had been living and took the road that would lead them back to judah but on the way naomi said to her two daughters-in-law go back to your mother's homes and may the lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me then the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage, and she kissed them goodbye, and they all began to weep. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Why would you go with me? Can I still give birth to another son that would grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if that were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me because the Lord himself has raised his fence against me. So I'm going to stop there. So Naomi, we we start to see the points where she's getting bitter and she's mad at life and she's mad at God. And I think that is important to highlight because we are going to see through the process of Ruth's story, Naomi's story, and how God is actually going to bless Naomi in the end too. Right now in Naomi's life, it seemed like her entire life was over. She was broke. They had no food. Her sons were dead. Her husband's dead. She, she doesn't really have anything going for her, really. And so she becomes very bitter. She thinks God's angry at her, and she thinks that she's being punished for some reason. But, but what she doesn't realize is that through all of this crap that's going on, God is actually going to come through and bless her family to the point that Jesus is going to be in this lineage. But she doesn't see that yet. So we're going to keep going, but just keeping that in mind where her heart is right now and where she's thinking, and maybe even kind of looking at our own lives where we think God has raised his fist against us, but that's not really the case. So that's important. Um, So we're going to continue to go on. So they wept again together. That's a weeping. And Orpah, not Oprah, I thought Oprah at first, but it's Orpah is the other sister-in-law, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to Naomi. Look, Naomi said, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I go. Wherever you live, I live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Okay, this is awesome right here. Ruth's courage and Ruth's commitment here. Because Ruth, we see right here, basically she and Orpah started off on the same path, same same lot in life had been given to them. They were married probably pretty young. Um, Ten years passes that they're married My guess is she's probably not more than 30 at all. So she's still very much in her prime, can have kids, anything else. Orpah, not Oprah, goes back to her homeland, to her people, pagan, whatever. But Ruth doesn't. Because Ruth saw her commitment to that family as something more than the husband's death. She saw it as her entire lifespan. And we can see this, and the reason that we know that this is true is because she says, wherever you die, I die, and there I will be buried. So where the family lineage is going on, that commitment to that family, that's where she intends to die. And that is something beautiful, because looking at that commitment and looking at that determination that when she took those marriage vows, when however young she was, I mean, this day and age for the Bible, she could have been 13 years old when she said those vows. Not really know what she was getting herself into, but she didn't even look at it that her husband passing away broke that commitment. She had made a commitment to that family and in the eyes of God, and she wanted to fulfill that, and she wanted to keep that. She didn't have to, but she wanted to because of her integrity, and that integrity is what is going to bless her for the rest of her life. So we're gonna keep going, and I love this, and I love Ruth. So I get a little nerd it out because I'm excited. But anyway, <clears throat> we're going to continue. Verse 19. So the two of them continue on their journey. And when they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is that really Naomi? The woman asked. Don't call me Naomi. She responded. Instead, call me Mara for the almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer? The almighty has sent such a tragedy upon me. So Naomi returned to Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman, and they arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Okay, so we're done with chapter one. We're not done talking yet, Um, but this is where we're going to stop for week one, just Bible-wise. So Naomi, we see, has now decided that her new name's Mara. I don't know how old she is, And, and I get it, okay, I get it. I have gone through seasons in my life where I'm like, not about it and I'm pretty bitter, and pretty, like, this is not cool, it's not fair, and that, but I just, I just find it really funny that she kind of pulls, like, um, this card of, like, I have a new name, and my name is Mara, and it's all dramatic, and whatever else, because she doesn't want to be called by her Naomi name, um, so I just find that kind of humorous a bit in, in this tragedy, which I'm not taking away from her, because she had a lot of crap going on, um, But I think this is interesting looking at how she gave herself that name and God didn't give her that name. God, you know, I guess blessed her parents to name her Naomi and not the Mara thing. It's interesting with names because throughout the Bible, you're going to see points in which names are changed. And so, Abraham, God changed his name to, he was Abram, God changed his name to Abraham. Sarah was sorry. And God changed her name. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. So there are different points in which God is going to give a new name to somebody for a specific reason. Um, in the New Testament, we see that actually with Peter, his name was Simon, and Jesus said, "No, your name is Peter," which means rock or foundation of the church. And God gave that to him. Same with Paul; he was Saul, and that was his name when he was Jewish, and God. Jesus gave him a new name of Paul to carry that forward. So we see that as usually something of an honor and a blessing that God has bestowed upon. And I actually think it's cool um, if you look more modernly, and, and maybe this is a little sappy, maybe I'm going too far with this, but I think in the context of marriage, being given a new name is so beautiful. And I look at that as that is a new season, a new chapter. And it's not a new identity, but it's continuing identity. Um, it's a growing identity that Christ has bestowed and blessed that marriage to happen and given that name to that person to be new. And I think there's just something really special and beautiful about that. Um, but what we see here in the Bible is Naomi giving herself a name. Not so much that God gave her the name, not that God said, oh, your name was Naomi, now it's Mara. That was Naomi giving that to herself. But what we're going to see later through God's blessing and provision, um, this crazy, winding, insane story that is so cool, is that her name didn't ever have to be bitter, ever, in the first place, that Naomi should have remained her name because that was the name that God gave. Now, Naomi, which is cool, means pleasant, um, where Mara means bitter. So she actually literally goes in this, like, what is the opposite of my name? That's what I'm going to go with. And I love thinking of how, though her original name was what her destiny was, of being pleasant, because we're going to actually see she gets a happy ending. Um, So that's cool. Now now let's look at Ruth a little bit before we hop off um, to end chapter one in here. Ruth is, we, we have established, she's committed to her family. She's committed to this family that she married into. She's committed to Naomi, who she has really taken on to be um, a mother figure to her, but also just somebody that she is committed to in her life to walk alongside. And I think there's something beautiful about that connection because that's community. Um, and um, a few weeks from now, I'm going to have a podcast on community based off of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life together. Um Bonhoeffer is incredible. Oh my gosh. I will talk till the cows go home about Bonhoeffer. I just reread um, Metaxas's um, biography on him again when I was in Spain. It was fantastic. It's 600 pages but worth every page. But, um, actually, I wish it was longer. But anyway, um, he talks about how don't be fooled to think that we create our own community. Community is something that God gives us. And community in itself is the church. And so, that can be, a community of believers is the church. And so, in this case, it was, it was two people, but they were working together to encourage each other and to do life together. And Ruth didn't want to leave Naomi because she had that commitment and that integrity that she wanted to continue alongside this person that God had put in her life for a specific reason. And so we're going to actually see them working together in this guidance, in this community, in this path, um, which really behind the scenes is actually to bless the kingdom more ultimately through marriage, through births, through the lineage of Christ. And so it's really cool to see even in this short book about Ruth, about how that community is being built and flourished and prospering, um, even in the small root of it just being two people, literally. So we're going to continue on that with next couple of weeks. um, But I just kind of wanted to start that foundation and talking about Ruth and what truly a woman of God she was and how looking at some of the pieces of her character, we really need to highlight and look at today because we live in such a fallen world. And I know that is said so many times that it becomes annoying, but it's true. And to look at how people do not really put much credence or much even integrity into marriage anymore. That's why the divorce rate is so high. And that is why so many people end up unhappy because not that they marry the wrong person, but because they're not putting the right intentions before the marriage. And, and really not looking at marriage as something to jump into quickly, but looking at marriage as something of how is this going to bless the kingdom? Is this what God wants? And how can I make sure that I keep up my end of the bargain even past to death do us part? because there is a piece of that, um, so we're going to continue in the next couple weeks, and it, it gets kind of fun and saucy, because we have this, we have Boaz come on the scene, you know, and all his hotness, and so I'm excited to talk about in the coming weeks about him, but, um, anyway, I think that's where we're going to end this week, but it'll be kind of cool, and get to see how even when Naomi thought God had forgotten her, she was forsaken, Little Miss Bitter, God had a bigger plan. So that's another thing to just kind of keep in the heart, on the tablet of your heart before we turn the page and we go into more next week. So I'm excited to jump into this with you guys um, to continue on. And yeah, so if you guys have any questions um, about the podcast or any comments, really, please um, feel free to send me a direct message on there. Um I've got Callie Logan account, that's Callie with a Y, um, for Instagram, I've got the Deer Sparrows account on Instagram, I've got the Facebook page, there's the website, I don't know what else there is, I have a Twitter, but no one follows me on there, and it's very random, so, I mean, you can follow it if you want, but I don't know, I just normally talk about, like, SpaghettiOs, anyway. Um, I'm going to pray this out, but, um, please also think about picking up my book. I talk a lot more about Ruth in the book, um, than we will in the podcast. Um, there's a lot of other cool things in there. It's called Dear Young Sparrow. It will have been out for a month by the time this, uh, podcast airs next Monday. And I'm excited to get the reports back on all of that. But, um, really the, the book is not, it's not some employ for me to make money because you don't really make money off books and that's okay but I wanted to bless young people and I wanted to bless anybody who would pick it up and read it so if you know somebody who is going off to college or maybe even beginning high school and they're going to be journeying through this new and scary world I think it's a really good coming of age book um that's what I really read it for I work with young women in ministry primarily through my church and then just as a teacher you end up um really working with a lot of young persons, um, which is such a blessing. So if you can think of anybody who might be blessed by it, please do consider picking it up. Um, I think, and I've prayed over it so much um, in the course of writing it over three years and the study of it all that it would be a blessing. So check that out if you can. Um, And please subscribe to the podcast and write a review because that would be rad. Nice things, please. Nice things. Don't be Mara. So anyway, I pray this so. out. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this podcast idea that I had kind of forgotten about and you reminded me of. Um, Laura, I pray in the weeks to come that we would be able to dive into the Book of Ruth together. That we would be able to understand some of the characteristics that you placed in her heart. Um, even better, and connect them with our lives today so that we could come into a fuller understanding of you to bless you and bless your kingdom through our traits, through how we conduct ourselves, and how we live our lives. For this, I just pray that this will be glorifying to you and life-changing for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, y'all.